You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. In this bulletin, energy giant Santos takes Gomorrah people to the native title tribunal seeking a green light for a contested coal seam gas project. The election campaign begins with the major party leaders set to announce million dollar pledges. And projections show French President Emmanuel Macron leads the first round of France's election ahead of far-right candidate Marine Le Pen. The Native Title Tribunal is examining today a case brought by energy giant Santos against Gomeroy people. Santos is seeking an agreement with Gomeroy to establish the Pilaga Narabrai coal seam gas project, which would see 850 coal seam gas wells in the Pilaga forest. The lands targeted by Santos are subject to a registered native title claim by Gomeroy people. Raymond Weatherall, a Gamaroi applicant, says this, his people have rejected the gas project as it would destroy the environment and pollute the world's largest freshwater resources. We had a meeting with our nation uh, two weeks ago on the 21st and the 25th of March. We had voted no to that, to their agreement. Um, uh, we didn't think that it was fair at all in regards to them coming into our land and uh, being there for 25 years. It's not about the money for us. It's about um, us sustaining our land. So um, as we know, CSG uh, can have a detrimental effect. It sits on top of the Great Artesian Basin, and it's one of the biggest water reserves in the world. Um, so if that water is damaged, then you're not only talking about Gomeroy people, but you're talking about, uh, let's say, with farmers, where it's a food bottle of Australia there in that area with the Black Soil Plains. Uh, there's cotton, beef, all of those things. Northern Territory traditional owners have had a victory in their quest to halt a major oil and gas project off the Northern Territory coast they say threatens pristine sea, country and marine life. Tiwi Island and Larakia traditional owners recently launched international legal action against the multi-billion dollar Barossa gas project in the Timor Sea hundreds of kilometres north of Darwin. The legal bid was lodged on behalf of Jikila Ruo Tiwi Island clan leaders Francisco Babui and Daniel Munkara in a South Korean court to stop that country's, that country's government from pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into the project. Documents released by the Northern Territory Environment Centre, NT, who helped bring the court action, indicate the injunction was successful. Retired tennis champion Ash Barty is starting a new chapter of her life with a series of children's books. Ms. Barty will be releasing six books later this year under the title Little Ash, with many of the stories based on her real-life experiences and family. A second book project, understood to be a memoir of Barty's sporting journey, is expected to be released in November. The first full day of the six-week election campaign begins with the leaders of the major parties announcing million-dollar funding pledges. Campaigning in Nowra, a regional town on the New South Wales south coast, Prime Minister Scott Morrison will announce a $40 million election commitment to prioritise road upgrades that improve safety and address maintenance backlogs. 
And in Launceston in Tasmania, the Labour leader, Anthony Albanese, would be announcing a $1.5 million fund for better care of uh, children with hearing loss. Mr. Morrison is targeting the seat of Gilmore held by Labour with a margin of 2.6%, while Mr. Albanese looks to gain voters in the marginal seat of Bass. The Prime Minister has not ruled out giving Alan Tudge a cabinet portfolio in his next government, despite the former education minister having been stood down over his relationship with a staffer and allegations he was abusive towards her. In early March, the Prime Minister had said that Mr Tudge was not seeking to return to the front bench and I support his decision. Since December last year, Stuart Robert has been the acting education minister and it was revealed at a Senate he estimates earlier this year that Mr. Tudge was not receiving a cabinet minister's salary. But Scott Morrison has now confirmed Mr. Tudge is still a member of the cabinet. Mr. Morrison has told SBS News he would be clear about Mr. Tudge's role going forward. He, he stood aside up until the next election and uh, I'm taking my whole team forward to this next election and uh, at, the, at that election and in the next week or so I'll be also announcing who will be filling the vacancy uh, that will be left by Greg Hunt so I'll be very clear with people about the team I'm taking forward. Labour leader Anthony Albanese has pledged to increase real wages in his first term of government if successful. However, Mr Albanese could not remember the Reserve Bank cash rate and national unemployment figures. Asked three times whether he could name the rate, Mr Albanese dodged the question before incorrectly stating the unemployment figures. What's the national unemployment rate? National unemployment rate at the moment is... Uh, I think it's 5.4, sorry, I'm not sure what it is. Immediately following the Prime Minister was asked the same question by journalists at his journalists at his first campaign stop in the marginal seat of Gilmore on the New South Wales South Coast. Prime Minister, can yep. you nominate the cash rate and the unemployment rate? Your opponent couldn't this morning. Yeah, well, 0.1% is the cash rate. It's been there for some time. Um, in addition to that, the unemployment rate, I'm happy to tell you, was 4% and is falling to a 50-year low. And people convicted of assaulting New South Wales frontline emergency services workers could face up to 14 years in jail. The new offence of assaulting frontline workers will expand the penalties that already apply for assaulting police and other law enforcement officers. The state's premier, Dominic Perrottet, says the government supports all of the recommendations in the New South Wales Sentencing Council's report, Assaults on Emergency Services Workers. Mr Perrottet says he will go further to ensure firefighters and SES frontline workers are also protected. In the meantime, bus services are running to a reduced timetable today as transport union members stop work for 24 hours as part of a payday dispute, a pay dispute in New South Wales. The New South Wales Transport Department says it is working with private operators to ensure minimal disruption on the first day of the school holidays. The Transport Workers Union and the Rail, Tram and Bus Union are taking part in the industrial action. And travellers at Sydney's airport domestic terminal are facing long delays due to half of the workforce being in isolation, causing staff shortages.
French President Emmanuel Macron will face far-right nationalist Marine Le Pen in a runoff of the French for the French presidency after advancing in Sunday's first round of voting. Polling agency projections and a partial official vote count show Mr. Macron and Ms. Le Pen lead the election and will go head-to-head in the second round of voting on the 24th of April. Mexicans have voted on whether President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador should end his six-year term barely midway through or continue to the end. The ballot in Spanish gives two options including be removed from office due to loss of confidence or remain in the presidency. The president pushed for the referendum, the first ever of its kind in Mexico, though it is only binding if at least 40% of the country's electorate votes, which experts believe is unlikely. Voter Jorge Hernandez says the referendum gives citizens power. It seems to me an unprecedented opportunity for the people of Mexico to legalize this type of citizen participation. The possibility of recalling the president to be able to decide in the future if we like or dislike the president we have and to have the possibility of revoking him in the middle of his term of office. But critics say the referendum is a waste of money because almost $107 million costing almost $107 million and that it's a way for the current president to rally support during his time in office. The United States is committed to providing Ukraine with the weapons it needs to defend itself against Russia as Ukraine seeks more military aid from the West. The Biden administration's national security advisor Jake Sullivan says the U.S. would be sending more weapons to assist Ukraine in preventing Russia from seizing more territory and targeting civilians. There must be accountability, and the United States will work with the international community to make sure there's accountability. In the meantime, though, we're not going to wait for that. We are going to get Ukraine the weapons it needs to beat back the Russians, to stop them from taking more cities and towns where they commit these crimes, and also to squeeze the Russian economy to increase the pressure and the costs on Vladimir Putin and the Kremlin and the Russian uh, government. As violence in the region escalates, Washington has condemned Russia's attacks on Ukraine as war crimes accusations that Moscow denies. Back home, a new study suggests that the rural health workforce could be bolstered if medical schools accepted more students from the bush and offered more training and placements in country settings. The study, involving rural clinical schools from 11 major Australian universities, appears in the latest Medical Journal of Australia and looks at where 1,321 medical graduates were practicing years after graduation. The data shows graduates from country areas who had extended rural clinical school experience were 3.6 times more likely to practice in regional areas, 8 years on and 4.8 times more likely to work in regional areas. It shows that city-raised graduates who got extended experience at rural clinical schools were more than twice as likely to work in rural and regional areas than those without it. The study's authors say the data supports research about the importance of students' origins and exposure to rural settings, but more work is still needed. And to sport, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc has won the Australian Grand Prix, leading from start to finish and nabbing the fastest lap in the race. The 24-year-old Monaco driver pipped the former world champion for pole position and logged his second win in three Formula One races this season.
Red Bull Sergio Perez finished second and Mercedes's George Russell third in Sunday's race at Albert Park in Melbourne. Australia's Daniel Ricciardo came sixth in his McLaren while reigning world champion Max Verstappen failed to finish for the second time this year. The crowd was quick to thank his crew for the win. It was not possible without the car and, and this weekend, especially in the race phase, we were extremely strong. Tire felt great from the first lap to the last lap. We were managing the tires extremely well and I'm, I'm just so happy. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome a sunny day and a top of 34, Perth a shower or two clearing 21 degrees, Adelaide partly cloudy 24, Melbourne showers clearing 18, Hobart cloudy 16, Albury Wodonga partly cloudy 23, Canberra possible shower developing 25, Wollongong sunny day with a shower or two 26, Sydney possible late shower 27, Newcastle mostly sunny 28, Brisbane sunny 29, Townsville partly cloudy 32, Cairns a shower 231, Alice Springs sunny 29, Darwin sunny day on the top of 35 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands partly cloudy day on the top of 32. That is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.